Hello, and welcome to Risk Chats with a Firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Well, today, Tal and I are back in the studio, and we've invited Dan Featherly and Simone Reba from Accenture to talk about integrated risk management. So I think you all will find this interesting, bringing technology into uh, our ERM practices, a little bit of enterprise view with uh, some applications here. So why don't we settle back and uh, join Dan and Simone to talk about IRM. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, we have a good group with us here today. We are here to talk about IRM. So what is that? You'll, you'll find out in just a minute. But before we do that, let's uh, introduce who's here today. Of course, I'm Paul Marshall, your host. We also have Tal over there, our co-host. Good morning. All right. And how about uh, Simone? Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Simone Reba, and I'm the Finance and Enterprise Performance Practice Leader at Accenture Federal. And so what does that mean? It means I help um, federal clients across the entire federal government solve their toughest financial problems. Awesome. How about Dan? Hey, how you doing, Paul? Um, my name is Dan Featherly. I'm a senior manager at Accenture Federal Service. I'm the risk and compliance lead. And that's that kind of feeds into what Simone's doing. We help advise our clients on, one, taking the next step forward in their in their journey on technological implementation. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, let's get into it. So, Simone, I think we wanted to talk about what is this IRM term all about? Can you explain that for us? <laughs> sure. So integrated, it's IRM stands for Integrated Risk Management. Um, so what does that mean? Uh, you know, we're talking to the firm organization, right? So enterprise risk management is, is their livelihood and what they focus on. I, I would say integrated risk management takes ERM to the next level. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the folks in the ERM community are familiar with governance, risk, and compliance tools. And those tools are there to be able to help this kind of arduous, in a lot of cases, manually intensive processes and help automate them. So a typical governance, risk, and compliance tool would have some, uh, you know, some ability to help people conduct risk assessments and help them um, you know, identify internal controls and maybe do things like you know, help them with segregation of duties and, and things like that. Um, IRM actually takes a uh, takes that GRC capability and really makes it even more powerful and actually modernizes it to a certain extent because mm-hmm. um, uh, generally what happens is that there'll be um, what we call a digital layer that you add on top to uh, the existing data um, and you can use that information to break down silos and identify where risk is with the data in addition to all those other things you can standard GRC tools. So the, the benefit of it is that you're you're making risk be more of a data-driven activity and not just um, kind of the gut feel and mm-hmm. um, type of activities that typically happen, especially at the C-suite level, on, you know, what they think are the biggest risks for the organization. So, Simone, when, when folks were talking about enterprise risk management, they're talking about getting above the program level, getting it up to the entity level for entity perspectives. If we're talking about integrated risk management, what specifically are you integrating? We're really integrating, and ERM is supposed to, is supposed to, you know, having, I didn't mention this earlier, but I had 30 years 
in the federal government as a, as a federal employee. Um, ending my career as the deputy CFO of DOA. And during that time I was in the government, I was actually a chief risk officer as well. Um, and in our organization, you know, in, in most organizations, especially the bigger organizations, it's very difficult to integrate. Um, and um, so I think what uh, IRM does different than ERM, um, ERM is trying to elicit information from multiple organizations to try to understand what is that greatest risk. Um, but often that's difficult, and um, it doesn't really happen the way it should. And IRM actually gives you the tools to be able to help you do that integration better. Right. So I think of it, I mean, the actual, I want to see the real data that backs my hypotheses, or as opposed to I'm just going to, this is what I think is probably happening or what's probably the problem. Here's the data, the real data, to give me the, the truth, I guess. Right. And, and, and instead of, like, what's, what, what is a high risk to Dan may not be the same high risk as it is to me, right? And I, IRM really kind of helps and supports ERM in being able to look at um, overall mission risks holistically so that you can make sure using the data that you're really getting at what are the, the biggest risks to the mission um, and, and making sure that you're really focusing on the mission. Right, right. I think, Simone, you hit it on point there, right? So every organization is going to have their different departments. You're going to have the CFO office. You're going to have the budget folks, and you're going to have your program operations. And each folks in there are going to have their own definition of risk, their own perspective on risk. If I'm in the CFO office, I'm worried about the annual audit. That's that's a risk to me, right? I'm worried about internal controls. And this framework is kind of taking it away from just a pure compliance activity and making it a more mission-driven, right? I look at everything from the mission perspective. How are we adding value onto the mission and taking in all these risks from all these different departments, quantifying them using data, and then allowing the executives, allowing leadership to make informed decisions based off that data and not operating blindly? All right, Dan, i got a question on that. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of agencies, they have their risk registers and the risk profiles. They have identified risk statements, but they tend to be more categorical. That this category of event, without any numbers, without any specificity, could cause this type of mission or mission support or, or compliance impact, but again, often doesn't include any quantitative measurement of the impact in the risk statement. Mm -hmm. In order to use this data-driven uh, measurement integration, does does the risk management effort at that entity or at the program level, does it have to get to risk statements that are a little more quantifiable? Well, so I, I think of that as some things you just can't quantify. Some things there's not going to be any data for, right? Like look at the pandemic we're in right now. Who had data for this? Who knew COVID was going to come out? Who knew everyone was going to telework? So you do the best you can. You quantify where you have the data. Where you don't have the data, I've heard it referred to as the black swan, just the unknown, right? And then you can kind of quantify it there. But I think the biggest thing is you need to have a common definition of what risks can't be quantified and then how to deal with those and feed those up through the organization. And that's one thing I look at is where is your chief risk officer sitting in the organization? Is he sitting in the CFO office, as a lot of folks are, or is he sitting above the CFO office? And then not only where is it sitting currently, but where should it sit in the future? So I'm thinking – you can't just do this, you know, one piece at a time. You've got to have a future vision to implement this. So a lot of agencies right now, they're kind of in the early stages compared to 
commercial, what we're seeing on the commercial aspect. Commercial's kind of gone through this. They're kind of ahead of the game typically in the technology aspect and the integration aspect. So one is federally we can take the lessons we've learned from commercial, implement them here, but then federalize it, but then also get a vision, get a glide path to, okay, this year we're just going to do Excel, right? Typical risk registers in Excel. But, you know, next three years we're going to integrate this. We're going to use some other platform. We're going to use some other technologies. There's a ton of technologies out there that will allow them to bring it into the 21st century, really, and provide that visibility. Because if I'm a leader of an organization and I want to know the risks, I don't want to have to email someone to email someone and have to wait a week to get it back, wait a couple days to get it back. I want it at my fingertips, right? And that's where I look at integrating enterprise risk management. It's really how are you operating your business, right? What is your mission? And then how are you operating that business? And you're going to look at some of these risks as an executive and say, I'm not too worried about those, but then you're going to look at other risks and say, hey, those are serious risks I need to focus on because an executive only has so much time in its day. So so can I I challenge a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about using data to to make integrated risk management more more integrated. We're, We're using the data. But if you can't quantify the risk event or the risk impact, then for those risks, how does data help you? Isn't data about measurable, quantifiable events that are being turned into information to to either determine that the the event which which causes the impact is is occurring or that the impact to the organization at, at whichever level, mission, mission support, or compliance or or reputation or other events are occurring? Well I I have a maybe a, an example that might make this more real. Okay. Um, so when I was at DLA, um, I was in the, the inspector general for about a year, and um, it was an amazing experience, and I really enjoyed it. And as the inspector general, I was able to work with the EEO office and with the um, you know the HR office that had employee relations information, and with the legal office, um, you know that dealt with you know certain um, issues we were having. Um, So what I found was this data that everyone had in those offices that all kind of related and actually could could actually give us information about where our real problems were was all siloed. So if it came in through the EEO office, which is another office, right, they all had information related to problems that were going on in the agency. But none of us, unless unless it maybe came in through the EEO or came in through the hotline and it really should have gone through EEO. None of us knew this information. So what IRM, from a data perspective, can really do is break down those silos that each one of these organizations have and be able to look across the organizations to figure out where that real risk lies. And, um, for example, you know, if it was, if we, you know, I had, there was an EEO complaint about a commander in, one organization, and I had other things associated with that commander and that organization. And, you know, Dan, as part of the employee relations groups, also had stuff related to that distribution area or whatever, whatever that organization is. For the first time, something like IRM could actually let us see that we're not working them individually. Like an isolated incident. An isolated incident. And and really, there's a real issue with this organization that we need to collectively address. So let me jump on there because this is one of my questions. You know, what are your data sources and how is it difficult to allow, you know, to get 
authority to bring those in to your system. Sounds like some of this might be sensitive data, right? So Right, right. I think it just depends on each um, implementation, right? Because like I said, it's it's kind of this data layer and this ability to report and, and do and the analytics on risk that we never had before. But it also includes um, other things that you would traditionally do from an internal controls perspective. So sometimes when you were talking about federal examples, um, from an Accenture perspective, um, we had one large um, delivery customer, like package delivery customer, that was implementing IRM more along the lines of doing um, like FISCAM compliance. So they were taking, um, you know, known internal controls and internal risks that they had identified through their um, risk assessment process and be basically using this, this tool to be able to manage it from, you know, the time the, the, implement, the internal control was designed all the way through the execution. So like when an auditor would come in, they could show them that audit trail. Um, so that's one way you can use it. But we also had a large revenue-generating federal customer um, that used it along the lines of what Dan was talking about earlier that, that did more of that. Let's come up with a standard risk model. Let's come up with standard KPIs. Let's, let's use it to do a more quantitative assessment of our risk. Yeah, it's, it's really out with the old, in with the new, right? I mean, technology these days, it's, it's going at unprecedented pace, right? You've got risk analytics. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't hear the term analytics thrown around too often, right? You, some people would talk about Now it's kind of set in stone, right? All these departments, agencies, they have all their data lakes. They're drawing all their analytics from that in their various systems to have the visibility into there, right? But then it's also the data quality, right? So you can get all these systems to dump all their data into these data lakes. That's the first step. But then you got to make sure that some controls are in place to make sure whatever you're viewing is going to be the actual true sense of the data, right? It's going to show you the full picture. If you're in the CFO office, it's going to show you your true status of funds, you know, what's expiring, how are you doing on obligation rates, on your contract implementation ratio, right? And then it's also looking at bringing the old into the new, right? Cloud infrastructure, for instance, the operating room, the skills of the workforce, right? We hear all the time about the workforce, the federal workforce, it's, 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 retiring, we need to bring the new in. So what kind of skill sets are you going to need into the future? I guarantee you the skill set that DLA is hiring for right now is different than what they were hiring for 20 years ago. Well, I tell you what, what's really attractive about the approach you're bringing out is by breaking down the stovepipes of the data, which is generally necessary for breaking down the stovepipes of enterprise risk management, I mean, it, you talk to a lot of agencies and they, you know, who gets to see whose risk registers and and right. is that information is available? Well, if, if the perspectives of risks are stovepipe, the data that underlies that helps manager assess those those risk events and the risk impacts, if those are being stovepiped, the, the idea of, of breaking those down, I can see you, when you start breaking down the information, suddenly – uh, those barriers break down the barriers for the conversations. Well, and I think I think to your right. point, it's where where are they sitting within the organization? Who is doing this for the organization? Are they sitting in the CFO shop and this is the CFO kind of fighting with the programs to get the information, or is this sitting higher right. above the CFO office? And question to for folks to think about is okay, where is it currently sitting? But then where should it be sitting? Right? Mm -hmm. Where should it be right. sitting in a couple years to get the true value out of this? I don't. People can do this, and it can just be a pure check-the-box compliance activity. 
which really adds no value to the mission, right? If you do this correctly, if you integrate this, not just integrated risk management, but integrated into your operations, integrated into your budget formulation process, right? This should all be integrated. I look at this all as one big integration piece to accomplish the mission. Yeah, and I mean, I guess to be fair too, just because some organizations are so large, I mean, maybe the CFO shop has its own little IRM, ERM, and this shop has it, this shop has it. But at an executive level, they need insight into everything going on, right. for sure. So right. maybe you all feed into a bigger you know, pipe or whatever. But um, I wanted to get into another question for you all. Um, so actually, maybe, Dan, maybe you can help us out with this. So you did talk about some examples. I'd love to hear something maybe from the commercial world, and maybe we'll talk about a federal example of folks using this. Sure, yeah. So, so we've done a lot of work on the commercial side, obviously. We work very closely hand-in-hand with our folks over there. So we did at a large organization in commercial. They had come to us, and they were kind of in their early stages of establishing an automated, consistent capability for performing the risk assessments for all their departments across the board. Um, they had the same issues we're seeing in federal. They couldn't get common agreement on the definitions. There was no model to exist. There was no place in the organization to hit it. Um, People were getting ad hoc and not frequent requests, and it was just taking time. And, and the CFO and the heads of the organization, they were frustrated, right? They couldn't get the data. They knew they were behind. They knew they needed to push ahead and kind of leverage the technology. So what we did was we provided them an approach to provide risk assessments for all departments. That was standard, standard definitions agreed upon at the executive level. We also applied a new thinking to quantifying the model for risk by liking assets, threats, vulnerabilities, controls, policies, and regulations. We integrated all that, and then we implemented it in the technology and kind of gave them real-time analysis onto what their risks were. So as you're saying, you actually tap into some data sources, different systems to bring in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have the data integrated, you're running your organization blindly from, from a perspective. Maybe not 100% blind, but you don't have full visibility. And as an executive, you're not going to want to look at every little piece of data, right? You don't have the time or the hours in the day, but you're going to want to know which key metrics you're looking at, which key KPIs you're, are important to you that will then lead to ultimate mission success or agency success, right? Is it reputational risk? Is it just the, the bottom net, net income, right? What 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 are you worried about? And then you can tailor this into that. And every day as an executive, he can go in and he can kind of see every day where his risks are, how he's operating against them. You know, how, how long are his accounts receivable outstanding? Who does he need to call to get paid? How are his sales doing? And it, it gives them that visibility to, to operate their, their business successfully. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, the other thing too, I would hope that this would help you actually, like back to quantifying you know, you put a risk out there on your register, and then over the years, can you see some proof that it's actually improving, getting better, getting worse? What's the support for that? Yeah. Or real yeah. data this to support. This provides a pure yeah. audit trail in, in the more than the CFO perspective of the audit trail. You can go back historically. You can see the trends over time. You can see when are sales peaking. Are they peaking in the summertime, or are they picking, p- peaking in the wintertime, right? As if, it's mm-hmm. toy, if it's a toy company you're going to say probably the wintertime with Christmas, right? Yeah. Yep. If you're selling suntan lotion, you're going to expect a peak in the summertime. So you can trend that over and get insight into that that then lets you kind of plan ahead. So if I'm a suntan lotion and I'm going to exceed sales in the summertime, I'm going to want to align my marketing budget up with that, right? When are you going to start marketing that? Align the resources up, and then it allows you to really operate your business more successfully 
more completely and more comfortably, frankly. I, I don't know how these guys slept at night before they had these data sources available to them. You know, they must have just been wondering what is going on with sales, what is going on, and it would take them weeks to get the answers. Well, with the OB, with the OMB maturity model that they're bringing out, monitoring for the ERM side is one of the higher stages of maturity where not only can you state the risks and you can measure them, but then you are measuring and reporting on these risk event, risk-causing events and the risk impacts where ideally if, if an agency has good data sources, those data sources can apply to their missions, their mission support operations and the events that impact them. So it, it sounds like what you're, what you're advocating here in this IRM definitely supports the, the agencies getting into the higher level maturity in yeah, their to, programs. To me, the question is, and what I would have on my risk registry is what is the risk of not moving forward Mm. of not embracing technology to improve your risk enterprise right what what is the risk that's that to me is number one is what is the risk to my agency to my mission if i just stand in place and i don't move with the times into the 21st century and embrace technology what are the risks that should Mm -hmm. be number one and I'd like to kind of hearken a little bit onto what you brought up earlier in regard to tone at the top. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of these things fail in the past because people are treating it like a compliance exercise, just like one other thing they have to do. And so one of our federal customers um, actually, um, you know, took it very, very seriously and um, got the senior leadership at highest levels really becoming um, aware of risk, aware of internal controls, um, and and dramatically uh, changed their, their whole IRM slash ERM type of process um, by bringing in, you know, bringing in a, a good set of consultants and helping work across multiple organizations to define kind of a common data set of uh, what are our risks and are we all talking about it the same way? Uh, how do we want to measure it? We help them set up um, that risk p- profile, help them understand what the registers were, help them uh, I prioritize the things that they felt like they were they really needed to work on. And long story short, um, you know, I ended up actually, I wasn't involved in that implementation, but I ended up working for that organization. Um, and I was just amazed to see how it had w- thoroughly embedded their their culture. So they they each executive when they were talking about something that completely wasn't related to risk, they would say, "What? Well, that's going to be a risk problem, you know." And they had actually moved it to, "Okay, well, how are we going to resource it?" Right. So it, it stopped from uh, being just like, "Oh gosh, here's one more thing we have to do. We have to do our annual statement of assurance type of thing," to oh my gosh, if we make this decision, this is the risks that are going to result and how are we going to mitigate those? And then based on that, how are we going to fund it? And to me, that when you talk about maturity model, that's ultimately where all these programs need to go. Yeah, I mean, exactly, Simone. You need to integrate ERM with the overall budget formulation process, right? Because you see all these risks. If you don't have money, the mission's not going to go forward. But you need to justify the money, right? So I think if you guys saw OMB, Memo M2127 came out recently, basically saying evidence-based building capacity, making requests for additional money, you need to support it, right? 
this is a perfect case example. If I'm an entity going and asking for more money, you can then draw down into this ERM model and say, here is the justification for why I need this money. If we don't get this money, this is the risk. And then leave it up to the legislator, leave it up to the folks at the top to make the decisions on that. And in this organization, our federal client, it was it was a day-to-day process. It wasn't like, okay, let's have the let's have our monthly yeah, risk management yearly. meeting yep. and let's talk about risk. I mean, they they had inculcated it into their day-to-day decisions. The definition really of integrated, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was really cool. So, um, something else I wanted to jump into here is uh, as we're it's kind of our last subject here today, but you know, uh, how do you feel that uh, our government agencies kind of starting to do this? Are they still a little reluctant? And if so, why do you think they might be reluctant to kind of go into this IRM approach? I I personally believe it's a cultural thing. Um, And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier in regard to no one. If I show them my risk, they're going to think I haven't managed well. If I show them the risk, they're going to want to, um, you know, take advantage or exploit it. If, you know, so there's a lot... In my experience, most of the time, risk and any sort of risk management effort has a problem. It's because people are hesitant to have that um, integration with it. And is it still branded as a, like you say, either compliance or a gotcha kind of thing, or almost like that annoying person in the corner? Oh, you got to think about this. There's a risk. There's a risk. It's as opposed to like a, a way to make better decisions. That's that's part of the biggest problem. Is if you haven't done a good to- a job of getting that tone at the top. If you haven't gonna, done a good job of explaining why this is just part of a good mission, um, then and you just always treated it like, okay, here's another data call or here's another survey or, you know, we got to do this because we got to report on it at the end of the year. Um, that's that's where it falls short. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, from what I've seen across the federal government agencies, we're still in the early stages of doing this, right? I think we, we're all aware of this. Still in the early stages, we see needs for improvement. Simone was saying, you know, the culture and people kind of get the gotcha moment. I look at it as, look, I'm, a, I'm transparent, right? Here's all my risk. Now you're aware of it. Now they're kind of your problem, right? If, if you document it, you can kind of take the onus off of you and put it on someone else. But that gets more back to the point is where is the CRO, where is the enterprise risk manager in your organization sitting, right? right? And then who ultimately has that decision and who's kind of, are they transparent or are they going to hide things? Transparency to me is key because if you don't know about it, you can't do anything about it. And if you can, if you if you take this up to the top, then it's the leadership's decision to make and their risk to live by. Yeah, and in addition to both of those, which I agree with, is I think managers when, when we talk about data, we're talking about numbers. When we talk about numbers, we're applying it to risk events and risk impacts. And as soon as you start asking managers to say. So you're saying that there's a risk if, like, for instance, you know, the budget has reductions to your program. How much reductions? What are we talking about? And then based on that level of reduction, what level of performance are we talking about for the risk impact? Put that down in numbers. And as soon as you start asking managers to get to the specifics, I mean, any manager will throw down on the risk register, oh, or if we have X amount of – if. Budget reductions could result in reduced mission performance. Well, that's easy to say. But as soon as you start putting the numbers down or any other quantitative thing, such that we're using the data for monitoring or the data for risk triggers or any or breaking down data silos so that everybody can see them, 
then it's the management still assessment of defining that risk. You starting to use the numbers that makes them very uncomfortable. Hmm. And uh, that it gets it, real. It gets more real. And then and we're and we're asking government managers to say how much of an impact, how much of event is going to cause that. Yeah. And that that lay, that gives a level of accountability for that yeah. management to put that down. And that's many managers are very uncomfortable being accountable for their process or their management area at that level. Well, and and again, that's resistance. Right. And do they have a I mean, am I a statistician? How do I know that it's really X percent versus Y percent? I mean, that's why to me we should be embracing these tools and technology to help us with that the calculations. I mean, well, I, I think right to your point, Paul, it's like yeah. what what is your skill set? If I'm a scientist out in the field, what do I really know about a risk register, right? Or even budgets or any of that. Or even budgets, yeah, right? So it's got you got to integrate it and you got to have common definitions mm-hmm. of things. You have to have everyone talking the same language right. to be able to justify it. So the scientists may be able to say quantifiably, here's what's going to do, but I have no idea what that means from the budgetary or finance perspective. Right. And that's where you got to work with together is break down those silos yeah. and get a common picture so that in leadership can make those decisions. Because, right, you know, the executives, they have access to the program managers, the financial manager, the statisticians, and the scientists. Everything that makes that program run, the executives are, are sort of that point of synthesis, and that's why those risk registers usually belong to them. And that's why they're the ones that usually have to lick the thumb and put the thumbprint down on the risk register saying, yeah, that's that's the risk event. That's, that's why they're executives. That's why they're executives. <laughs> that's why they get the bonuses. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think what's fascinating to me, too, is that people were already doing things to, to remediate risk. And a lot of times they're either hesitant to explain what that is, or they just don't make that connection. Um, so I, I, back when I was in DLA, um, we'd get several different um, auditors that would come in and find things. Um, but when we looked at our statement of assurance, those things were never part of the the you know the calculus. Mm. And it's like how what that wasn't a separate thing that happened. That's actually a risk. What they identified was actually a risk. So like tying that together was super important. And they'd also do things like um, um, continuity of operation events. Well, they're doing that because there's a risk that if a hurricane hit one of our organizations, then um, you know we'd have to have a backup plan. That is all ERM. That's all IRM. You know, if you have the right tools, that's all IRM. So right. Um, they're doing it. So half of the battle is really making sure they understand how this affects the mission and how it can improve the mission. So uh, kind of like the final thought here, I'll give you guys each a chance to give your final, you know, ideas here. But I, I did want to say, you know, we are software agnostic, company agnostic. But, I mean, th- what, what kind of software actually is out there that does this just for informational purposes so we know what we're talking about here? Um, were there um, – there are – are companies that specialize in just uh, GRC tools. Yeah. Um, um, so you can really – So look for be, GRC. Well, it could be um, software agnostic. It could be a combination of tools. It could be like taking advantage of a GRC tool you maybe already invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the IRM is actually uh, enabling that technology through uh, digital – what we call digital platforms. So it could be ServiceNow, it could be Salesforce that kind of sit on top of the data, and mm-hmm. then um, they they enable continuous monitoring of controls. They end yeah. up, you know, so there's a lot of um, additional capability by getting something that looks across your silos and being able to uh, 
easily managed with like not a lot of science associated with the technology. They call those those things uh, low code, no code platforms. Sometimes yeah. you hear them call that. So they're very um, comp- uh, customer um, friendly. They're not hard to use, and then and they again break down those data silos and put it all in one place, and you can then make the reporting a lot easier. Yeah, just because, you know, I think of ERPs and it's, okay, there's the finance, there's the accounting, there's the asset management, but I want other data. I want, you know, mission data or if I'm a company, I want sales and other, you know, predictive information. You want Maybe HR data. HR you want data. program performance data. Pull it all in right. there. You want it all in one. Data. Right. Yeah. And you then, want you know, all in a data lake and then yeah. you can have a platform sitting on top. You know, right. And, and, and you do, it doesn't yeah. have to be one specific platform. Yeah, there's so many of them out there. Yeah, yeah. everyone can do mm-hmm. this. It's just more so. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Keep the mission moving forward. Because if yeah. you get left behind, you're going to be left behind because technology's moving. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, maybe just a final word. I don't know. I Maybe, Dan, anything else you want to sell this to the folks? What, what, do you, what would you say? So I, I look at everything from the mission perspective, right? You need to embrace this to drive the mission forward. You need to integrate this through your organization, integrate this with your budget process so then you can achieve your mission. Because everything at the end of the day is about the mission. That's why we get up to work. That's why we go to work. It's about the mission. And don't look at this as just a pure compliance activity, right? And then look at the future. Where is it sitting now? Where do you want this to sit so you can lay out that glide path and then get there? Tal, what do you say? I'm interested in learning more about uh, this integrated risk management in terms of how, how unique or how popular this term is in definitions, just like when we talk about enterprise risk management, first thing you do, you have to define the term so people can have a conversation. So for integrated risk management, I, I don't know, when I get out of here, I'm probably going to start doing some Google searches, <laughs> look at what I can read, there's probably papers out here, and learn more about the, the definition of integrated risk management in terms of how is it similar to, how is it different from, how does it build from enterprise risk management. So that's an area that I'm looking forward to learning about. Yeah, go read that Affirm newsletter. These guys guys did the article. That's where I found it. Right, exactly. (laughs) All right, Simone, you get the last word. Go for it. Um, I just couldn't put something more exactly what Dan said, which is, you know, this is, if you're not doing it right, if you're doing all the right things, but you're not using tools to be able to make this easier, um, it'll be hard to really take your agency into where it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking when I was driving over here, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have to pull out a map. You know, when the internet <laughs> came out, I'd have to pull out MapQuest directions. Now right. I can use my phone. You got to embrace technology. And yeah, tomorrow, so the f- you'll, get, you'll get driven here by your Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So don't waste your time on like these little data entry and consolidation and data calls. I mean, that that's still required, but you, but use technology to to kind of do those manual tasks for you and really be able to focus on that data analytics and, and that real management of data. Totally agree. Well, with that, thanks, everybody, for being here. And uh, I think it was a great podcast, and I appreciate uh, everybody's time. It's another Risk Chat Wrap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We have many, many Risk Chats coming up. We've recorded many in the last few days here, so we're happy to get those out. I know it's been a while, but, you know things get busy pandemics and all that kind of thing so we hope you will tune in and check those out affirm.org and until next time this is your host paul marshall signing off for risk chats with affirm